You'll, John, you'll let me know when you've opened. I will. Cool. Facebook's tripping me up. It's making me log in. So I'm going to be a little late. Should, should we go ahead and start the webinar part, John, and Facebook will come online, or do you need it in a different sequence? Um, Yeah, no, I guess I can start the webinar and Facebook will just come on in a, a minute right. or two. Because we, we always chat. Okay. Yep. So we're going live. Okay, great. Good morning. Welcome. Good morning, everyone. Welcome as you're joining us here at our virtual platform. Encourage folks to say hello in the chat. If you want to set your settings to chat settings to all panelists and attendees, everyone will receive your welcome and your comments. If you are a visitor from another ethical society or a guest, we'd love to hear from you as well. Good morning, Susan and Perry. Good morning, Robin. Good morning, Lynn and Brian. And Leanne. Oh, great. Good morning, Donna and Naomi and Peter and John and Rajesh and Adam and Jeff. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Valentine's Day indeed. Or as we like to call it, pay attention to Love Day. Happy spelling, the Briskin Limehouse household. Nice to see you all this morning. <laughs> Typos are our friends sometimes and sometimes not. All good. <laughs> good morning, Ed. <laughs> Encourage folks as you're joining us this morning to go ahead and say hello in the chat. You want to probably set good morning, Julie and Joe, Walter and Susan. It's a good Christine and Jennifer. Ah, oh, Jennifer, oh my goodness, from quite a ways away. Good morning, I'm glad you're with us. Jennifer Linkletter, that is, and then also a Jennifer Ford. Good morning. This is a good time to go and get a candle if you'd like to light one during this candle lighting and to get a beverage of your choice and be ready to settle in shortly as everyone has joined. You wanna set your 
chat settings to all panelists and attendees if you'd like to be able to say hello to everyone. Excuse me. <clears throat> it is good to have everyone to be with us this morning. <laughs> good morning, Sue and Shirley. Good to have you with us this morning. And to all others who haven't said hello in the chat, welcome to you as well. We're delighted to have everyone here this morning. Still snowy-ish, kind of overcast day, but warm in our community together. Good morning, Judy. We're just making sure that our Facebook friends are joining us as well before we begin. Uh, good morning, Elaine. Yes, I did. Well, I didn't put them up just for today, but um, yes, I was mindful of my role today when I was decorating the house for Valentine's Day and decided I would perch it someplace where it could be seen. Thank you for noticing. <laughs> Good morning, Mark. Uh, half an inch of ice and silver spring, so the Briskin Limehouses. It was, I was out very early this morning and it was indeed icy. Good morning, Patty. And Paul, celebrating your 38th wedding anniversary. Wow. Congratulations and love to you both. That's amazing. Congratulations. So delighted that you shared that lovely news with us. That's wonderful. Yes, lots of congratulations and woohoos in the chat for that. Indeed, that's quite, quite something. Uh, you guys have lots of good stamina and probably good advice for us all about how to keep things going. Yes, crack congratulations. So we're just waiting one moment. We're having a little bit of trouble with getting Facebook going. So we're, we're holding for a moment so that we can invite our Facebook audience in from the beginning. Perry Bider, wow, 72 years your parents were married. That is amazing too. These are nice things. Good morning to someone who is a phone number. Rajesh, Robin. I think in just a moment, we're gonna go. So I'll, I'll say a last reminder, this is a great time to gather your candle if you wanna join with the candle lighting, to get a beverage of your choice. I'm gonna take a sip of water actually. I'm reminding myself to hydrate and then settle into your favorite position, your chair. And we are going to good morning to Laura and to Vincent, who's at work, not with us this morning, but doing important things we know. And we'll help you all fill them in. <laughs> Laura, good morning. So I think we're going to go ahead. Thanks, Laura. And uh, begin. So welcome again to Wes virtually and to our Pay Attention to Love Day. Lynn? Good morning and welcome to the Washington Ethical Society. Happy Lunar New Year. Happy Pay Attention to Love Day. 
I'm Lynn Cox. You can use they, them pronouns for me, and I am the interim leader here. Today's platform is about the wisdom of love, especially as it has been expressed by Black free thinkers from the late 1800s onward. Opening words are from June Jordan, who was an African-American poet, activist, teacher, and essayist. In addition to the traditional concept of true commitment, that means you are willing to die for what you think is right. Make equal space for the womanly concept of commitment that means you are willing to live for what you believe. Let us gather together. We begin today's platform with music from our special guest, and he starts out speaking a little softly, but the music is louder than his voice, so don't worry. I'm pleased to introduce you to our guest musician, Amadou Koyate. Yeah. Greetings, everyone. My name is Amadou Kuyate, and I send uh, well wishes to all of you as the Blackest ever before. And I'm here today uh, to play a piece for you all. This piece will be played on 21 string chorus. It's an instrument from West Africa. Uh, it's played by all historians that are available. Uh, so I hope you can enjoy this piece. And
Welcome once again to the Washington Ethical Society. I'm Karen Schofield Leka. My pronouns are per, pers, short for person, and I'm today's officiant. Visitors, we especially welcome you from both near and far. We hope that you'll say hello in the chat and that you might send an email to our membership coordinator, Maceo Thomas, at Maceot, so that's M-A-C-E-O-T at ethicalsociety.org. You can also fill out a connection form. Macy will put, will put that link in the chat. And we hope that you'll join us after the platform service for a chance to say hello. Our chat will stay open through much of the platform service, closing for the address itself and then reopening. So if you don't want to see the chat, this is a good time to minimize that. Each week, a member of our community reads our statement of purpose so that we might hear our shared values in each other's voices. If you are interested in taking a turn to read the statement of purpose, you can sign up at tiny.cc slash read SOP. It's really fun to do, I encourage you to do that. This week, our reader is Judy Myers, who in addition to being a regular reader and a member of the chorus, is also the newest member of the platform officiating team. Yay, Judy. So you'll soon be hearing more from Judy in that capacity. For now, I invite Judy to read our statement of purpose. Over to you, Judy Ohm. <clears throat> the Washington Ethical Society is a humanistic congregation that affirms the worth of every person. We strive through our relationships to elicit the best in the human spirit. With faith in human goodness, we appreciate each person's unique capacities. We joyfully celebrate together and support each other through life. We nurture a sense of reverence and responsibility for each other and the earth. And we invite you to join our community of children and adults as we work for a world where love and justice cross all borders. Thank you, Judy. And folks, if you have a candle at home, I invite you to light it now as Judy lights hers and as I share our candle lighting words. May we kindle within us the warmth of compassion, 
the light of understanding, and the fire of commitment to build a brighter future for all. May it be so. Thank you, Judy, and thank you, Karen. Today we are talking about love and about what some free thinkers of the past had to say about love. A free thinker tests things out, listens to science and applies reason, even if that means challenging the way things have always been done before. February is Black History Month, and so I'm particularly interested in learning more about what Black free thinkers have had to say about how we live our lives and what love means in the context of community. One of the free thinkers from history that I'd like to tell you about is Fanny Barrier Williams, who lived from 1855 to 1944. Mrs. Williams was brilliant in a lot of ways, and she challenged people to understand that a person can be more than one thing at the same time. She was a musician and a visual artist. She would make speeches in public and do the behind the scenes work needed to get things done. She worked for integration in hospitals and settlement houses and women's clubs, and she founded and supported institutions that centered black identity and community. Mrs. Williams' tactical approach to human rights and social uplift shows that she was not bound by a fixed idea about how to do things or a particular dogma. Instead, she prioritized improving lives. Mrs. Williams organized with people along the lines of common cause. In one of her speeches, Mrs. Williams spoke about hearts too warm and too large for hatred. In the context of that speech, she meant that people who experienced oppression themselves were more likely to understand and want to do something about oppression experienced by other people. In other words, for Mrs. Williams, it was a matter of the heart to work together on issues like poverty, education, and access to medical care. Organizing was a form of love. In a speech to African-American women in 1895, she urged her audience to help themselves and each other rather than looking to institutions outside their community. And in that same speech, she said that religion should stand for more, more for love than doctrine, more for human worth than church name. What men and women do rather than what they say or profess shall be the standard of religion. Understanding the binaries of her time, what people do rather than what they say or profess shall be the standard of religion. In a speech to the World's Parliament of Religions in 1893, Mrs. Williams called for more religion and less church, less theology and more brotherhood, less declamation and more common sense and love for truth. And she went on to criticize the white clergy who perpetuated discrimination for upholding, quote, the tendency of creeds and doctrine to obscure religion, to make complex that which is elemental and simple to suggest partisanship and doubt in that which is universal and certain. Can you hear it? Can you hear the strong themes of both free thought and love in action that threaded through the life of Fanny Barrier Williams? She was not afraid to challenge unfair practices and harmful stereotypes using the power of logic and reason in her speeches. And she also acted on her convictions putting heart and love and humanity into everything she did. 
Even though we talk about putting deed before creed, I wonder if sometimes we forget about intellectuals and free thinkers who embraced the both and of words and deeds. Free thinkers use logic and reason, yet that does not exclude love and care and other emotions from being central to the task of building a better world. So ends the story. Thank you for listening. And as we consider the union of reason and love, let's enter into the centering time of our platform. Each week, we ring this chime in solidarity with people around the world. <clears throat> Today, I'm, excuse me. <clears throat> Today, I am particularly mindful of all who are reacting to the acquittal of Trump from impeachment charges, of the victims and survivors of Japan's earthquake, and of the families around the world figuring out how to celebrate the Lunar New Year with a balance of safety, tradition, and family relationships. As we listen to the chime, let us remember our connection to each other and the world around us. Let us hold in our hearts all that hurts in the world. And let us commit ourselves to all that calls for our work and our love. I invite you now into a time of meditation. And let's start by focusing on our breath. Just breathe naturally, easily, increasingly deeply as you are able. And as you attend to the feeling of breathing in and out, notice where you have ease in your breath and your body. Notice where you might have some tension and allow the, the breath to flow through it and create greater ease. Take a nourishing breath and release. Now I invite you to turn your focus inward by closing your eyes or softening your gaze and imagine Imagine what a beloved community would be like. What kind of idealized world are you seeking to create? It said the beloved community isn't about the absence of conflict, but rather the willingness to stay at the table and work through it. What has been your best strategy for staying at the table? You might need to take a breath here, so do.
What practice or wise words keep you from running or attacking when things get hard? And breathe. And return your attention to this moment as we breathe in and out. Inspiration, exhalation. We continue our meditation in silence and then the music that follows.
Wow. I don't know about you, but I'm loving the textures of this music this morning. It's just beautiful. I think we have some longstanding and some new Cora fans amongst us now. On this Pay Attention to Love Day, I now share a reading, Love Abundant, by Reverend Alicia Ford. I lift my eyes up to the hills. From where will my help come? My help comes from Love Abundant. My help comes from the hills. My help, my help, it comes from ancient mothers whose hearts beat in mine. It comes from the trees that sway and the breeze that sways them. My help comes from all that was and is and will ever be. I lift my eyes, hushed by the soothing touch of waves, caressing wounded shores, wounded souls. I lift my eyes to the horizon bathed by the hum of mothers and mothers' mothers cradling, gently rocking. I lift my voice, call of the sea, tree, sister moon, mother earth, my soul weeping, a symphony of life overflowing. I give myself, I too hum through every pore, with every breath I give myself an extension of all that is, was, and ever will be. Thank you so much, Karen. And thank you to my colleague, Alicia Ford, for that reading. So there's an annual occurrence that I look forward to this time of year. Leftover Valentine's chocolate is about to be on sale. I hope this turn of events brings comfort and joy to many. I do wonder though, if there ought to be more to this season of commitment than a box of candy. Love is wild, powerful, wise, just, and compassionate. We don't need to be romantically partnered to pay attention to love. Knowing what I know of this community, even though it seems like I just arrived, I admire so many of you for your efforts to repair the world. I see healers of mind and body, teachers, people devoted to caring for family members, scientists, activists, and artists. And at the root of each person's quest, I hear the voice of love. Love for family and friends, love for the earth, love for humanity, love for beauty, love of the dizzying possibilities for discovery in our universe. Our minds can provide the analysis and our hands can provide the skills, yet the longings of our hearts keep us engaged and refreshed along the pathways of hope. We need our whole selves, rational and embodied and spiritual, if that's a word that you use, and emotional, to make manifest the dreams of a better world. In this community, there are several labels that circulate, although I know there are also those in our community who prefer not to carry any labels at all. We might call ourselves ethical culturists or humanists or free thinkers. A few of us might call ourselves Unitarian Universalists. These movements all have a tinge of intellectualism to them. Even as we insist that our values must be demonstrated in our actions. We prize reason, and yet we also need to remember that reason alone without love is incomplete. 
Egbert Ethelred Brown, who was a Unitarian minister in Harlem in the early 20th century, saw the wisdom in bringing our whole selves into community. Though early 20th century Unitarianism and early 20th century ethical culture were very different movements, I think what he said can also apply in a place that Adler said is a religion for those who want it and a philosophy for those who don't. Reverend Brown wrote, religion is ethics touched by emotion. If the intellect dominates and there is no hint of emotion, a cold and barren matter of factness results. Conversely, if emotion leads unguided by intellect, we are doomed to a wild sea of fanaticism. Yet mind and soul united create one music, grander than before. I believe that emotions bring us a great deal of wisdom. We need to consult our feelings and our gut instincts to make the best decisions. In particular, I think love in the broader sense offers three lessons that will help us to live out our purpose. Groundedness, embodiment, and interdependence. Love keeps us here, rooted in the world as it is. Love is active, practical, and at one with our physical selves. Love remembers data and frameworks that our intellect may have forgotten and revels in the unpredictable dance of change and growth. The wisdom of love teaches groundedness, embodiment, and interdependence. To be a community that brings out the best in each other and helps create a society where everyone can grow into being their best selves, we must be rooted in the world as it is, flinching neither from the pain nor the joy that is possible in the here and now. Each of the senses available to us helps us understand the universe and our place in it. We think, touch, taste, and feel our way into making sense of the world. Love is the capacity that helps us to keep the doors of our perception open rather than escaping into abstraction or obsession. When we are able to truly love the world and the lives it holds, trying to hide is less attractive option because escaping would separate us from love. The power of love to draw us into the here and now, to embrace our souls with gentle cupped hands and to breathe fire into the embers. That's a good perspective. Lewis Latimer shared it. Latimer was an African-American engineer in late 19th and early 20th centuries. He was also a poet as demonstrated in this piece, Love is All. What is there in this world besides our loves to keep us here? Ambition's course is paved with hopes deferred, with doubt and fear, wealth brings no joy, and brazen-throated fame leaves us at last, naught but an empty name. O soul, receive the truth, naught here deserves our thought but love, for love is all. Latimer suggests that our loves, plural, collectively form the strongest force that keeps us here. And I can imagine several meanings for where here might be. It is not a fixed point. Here moves with life and time. Here is where we put one foot in front of the other or one wheel rolling along. Here is present in this moment, this time and place and this plane of existence. Here we are gathered in strength, rooted in the world as it is.
love keeps us connected with the ground of our being. The second piece of wisdom is that love is embodied. Love inhabits physical form and manifests in the real actions of human beings. This is true at the personal level and at the societal level. When we are able to fall in love with the world, to keep faith with humanity while fully recognizing the human capacity for causing harm, affection becomes action. Similarly, when tangible actions and their effects lead to suffering, we know that there is something amiss. Love needs mindfulness and compassion to bear the best fruit. Humanism to me is a movement of people who believe in people. We value human creations like art and literature. We seek human solutions to our shared challenges and we value dignity and equality as humanitarian goals. Love is an irreplaceable ingredient in this tradition. People can do and have done and are doing terrible things individually and collectively. Love helps us to be humanists anyway, to believe that positive change is possible, that society still has something to celebrate and that creating an environment for healing is worth the effort. We are sometimes disappointed and often heartbroken, yet we persist in the spirit of love. Within the humanist movement, there are those who say that it should be exclusively atheist and those who don't think belief or non-belief is relevant or needs discussion, and those who find room in humanism for theists who don't mind saying so, as well as atheists and agnostic humanists. In all three cases, humanism is rooted in human experience and human responsibility to create the world we long for, as well as an insistence on the worth of every person. Wade McCree Jr. was the third kind of humanist. He was vice moderator of the Unitarian Universalist Association in the late 60s, and he was also the first African-American to serve as the United States Solicitor General, and so had plenty of opportunities to see the best and the worst in people. He supported the idea of love as a force that helps us to be humanists anyway, even when the evidence challenges the idea of human goodness. He wrote, to me, one's religion is expressed in the manner in which one relates to other human beings. If one fights relentlessly against injustice, want, hate, and every form of exploitation, then one is a religious person. The love of God is not expressed by ritual or ceremony, but by loving. Across the decades, leaders agree that fierce, open-hearted, actual feet on the ground or wheels on the ground love is an expression of their deepest commitments. People are worth caring for. Love longs for the well-being and the abundant life of the beloved. Love for people in general is embodied and so is love for individual people in particular. For anyone who's ever cared for a child or an elder or a loved one who needs direct physical care, the earthiness of love is undeniable. Lifting, holding, and carrying are physically exhausting. Sleep deprivation depletes people mentally and spiritually. Yet people care for others, often without expectation of return. Within the wisdom of love, a person doesn't have to produce anything or contribute to the GDP in order to matter. Advocacy is also embodied. 
when it's safe to do so again, people will be walking the halls of legislatures to demand policies that help people stay alive. And this is an act of love. Marching is embodied love. Vigils are embodied love. Using your voice and your dialing fingers for phone banking is an act of love. Audre Lorde spoke about the intersections of poetry, dreams, care, and advocacy, and about how this is different from a purely intellectual project in her 1984 book, Sister Outsider. She wrote, the white father told us, I think, therefore I am. The black mother within each of us, the poet whispers in our dreams, I feel, therefore I can be free. Poetry coined the language to express and charter this revolutionary demand, the implementation of that freedom. However, experience has taught us that action in the now is also necessary always. Our children cannot dream unless they live. They cannot live unless they are nourished. And who else will feed them the real food without which their dreams will be no different than ours? If you want us to change the world someday, we at least have to live long enough to grow up, shouts the child. From Fanny Barrier Williams to Audre Lorde, it is clear that the wisdom of love is concrete. It is not a theoretical exercise. For over a century, black free thinkers have been saying with love that all people deserve equality of access to healthcare, housing, and public services. Love feeds our commitment to abundant life. Wisdom knows that embodied care and advocacy are aspects of love. We value people of all ages, races, levels of economic activity, genders, sexual orientations, and abilities. The force of our conviction is made real with concrete actions. Love is embodied. So we can fool ourselves into thinking that we are logical all the time. I can appreciate the attraction of making moral choices through what seems like a coldly rational framework. I don't believe that any of us are as rational as we think we are. But even if we could be, love brings us some of the data we actually need to make good decisions. Furthermore, sometimes data gives an illusion of permanence that doesn't match the experience of being fully human. If we only look at short-term consequences, we may fail to take into account the expense of disaster cleanup when we're fight figuring in the cost of energy. Without love, we might not realize that it is against our long-term interests to cause species extinction as we scrape the Great Barrier Reef. Without love, humans appear to be statistics. And when humans become statistics, the result can be disastrous policymaking. Statistics might obscure the fact that Black lives matter and that justice for immigrants makes us all healthier as a nation and that we have a choice about whether people go hungry and get evicted during a pandemic. Love is what reminds us of the fierce importance of looking out for each other. Ethical arguments for environmental and social justice might be dismissed as mere sentimentality because love, has, love is made out to be less reliable than money. But of course, that's not true. Our gut instincts are sometimes onto something. When we love without apology, we come to our senses. We remember that the potential results of our actions go beyond the predictive models. 
We remember the interdependence of all life. We remember our connections to the earth. We remember that community can be life-giving in all of the ways that community is defined. And we remember that the essence of life is change. Elaine Locke is another history-making Black free thinker whose ideas are relevant here. West members have heard about Dr. Locke before, especially in the work of my ethical culture colleague, J. Exodus Hooper. Dr. Locke lived from 1885 to 1954. He was a philosopher, a patron of the arts, and a professor at Howard University. Dr. Locke didn't use the word love as often as he used the word culture. Yet from the essayists and poets we've heard today, I think it's clear that there's a connection between the practice of love and the way we understand ourselves to be related to others. I'm indebted to philosopher Leonard Harris for his journal article to help me understand what Dr. Locke had to say about culture and community. Two of the ideas that Locke wrote about might seem to be in tension with each other until they are closely examined. One idea is that race and culture are social constructs. That is what draws people together in a shared identity is influenced by what we see, hear, and experience. And therefore it should be no surprise when the definition of an identity is unstable. That's not a very controversial idea now, but he went out on a limb academically in the 1920s for rejecting the idea that biological races exist and are biologically caused to express cultural traits. The other idea provides creative interplay but is not mutually exclusive with the first. Locke argued that people have an instinct to seek out people with whom they share some kind of similarity. And that even though that similarity is a social construct, this instinct to form communities is good. A shared experience with what it means to be assigned to a group as it is defined in that moment, still provides what he called a consciousness of kind with associated common interests and responsibilities and is enough of a reason to lead to a sense of belonging. He wrote, the final thing that we shall see that human society must have a consciousness of kind and that consciousness of kind is a healthy and normal and a fundamental social instinct. Dr. Locke warned that the social instinct can go astray, that the construct of an identity begins to be harmful when the identity becomes regarded as static. He goes on, normal and healthy instinct has a very abnormal expression from time to time in the false notions, the false conceptions of kind, which are not conceptions of social kind, not conceptions of civilization type, of the American civilization type, but rather conceptions of racial kind and conceptions of race type as permanent and invariable. Dr. Locke's support for the healthy social instinct is part of what drew him to be a patron of the arts. The 1925 publication that launched his reputation as the father of the Harlem Renaissance included art, African artifacts, articles by black intellectuals and poems by such writers as Langston Hughes, County Cullen and Angelina Grimke. In retrospect, philosopher Leonard Harris writes that this publication was intended as a work by rather than about African-Americans. It was a text exuding pride, showing African-American historical continuities and revealing a new spirit of self-respect. 
In other words, the things valued and created by the people who share an identity should be celebrated, not because they represent an objective reality or timeless virtues, but because the particulars draw people to connect with one another in a healthy human way that helps people find a feeling of belonging. Dr. Locke's insistence that community is both always in the process of being socially constructed and vitally important as a human instinct reminds us that love isn't just about who we think we are. Love is about who we are becoming and about continuing to find ways that we are related beyond the current social constructions. Everything that makes us who we are and leads us to places where we feel we can belong is subject to change because we are part of an interdependent network of living, changing, mutually affected influences and relationships. Even in this constantly moving dance of being, Dr. Locke says that it is still important that we find community and that we guard against the absolutes and the inflexibility that lead the instinct for community to go awry. Love is wise because love remembers connection. When we love truly and deeply, the tug of emotions and relationships help us to account for data and frameworks that short-term thinking has forgotten. Even if identity and community are formed on ever-changing parameters, our human connections fuel compassion and a flexible landscape with room for healing. I'll be coming to a close soon, but I wanted to say a bit about Black History Month and how my thinking has developed with this platform address. I originally just wanted to say something about love because today is a day for talking about love. As I researched sources, I came to understand that I have a great deal to learn about the perspectives of Black humanists and free thinkers. While I am very far from being an expert on Black history, I believe all of us have a responsibility to study the whole history of the movements of which we are a part. The poets and essayists I have drawn from today bring lenses that are vitally necessary for understanding how we, in our close communities and in our larger society, have arrived where we are and give us important perspectives from the history of the humanist and free thought movements. I anticipate that I have made some errors and I look forward to learning more. If you happen to be enjoying some discount chocolate later this week, I hope it will remind you that love is wise. Love goes beyond romance, beyond sentimentality, even beyond human concerns. When love works in harmony with all of our senses, the clarity of reason, the skillfulness of our hands, the renewal of our path, the combined wisdom helps us to be our best for each other. Love keeps us here. In our caring relationships, we hold secret pockets of ourselves, treasures that help us to stay connected to the forces that create and uphold life. May love call us back to our truest selves. May we carry resilience and hope for one another. Love is embodied. Whether our bodies are part of a movement for justice or part of a team that cares for one person, our actions make wisdom visible. Love knows that people matter. Love remembers interdependence. Cause and effect transcend the next quarter and can't be measured by a single yardstick. We take the big picture into account, 
when the wisdom of love invites us to take a second look. Let us love deeply. Let us love boldly. Let us love wisely. May it be so. After some music, we'll have community sharing time when you can write into the chat about what resonated with you today. A framing question might help spark a memory of a personal experience or your direct observation. It's like a writing prompt. You can take it or leave it. Today's question is, what does love for our community look like indeed? How do we put into action love for our community? How are we embodying love? As we contemplate, rest, and reflect, let us experience the beauty of the musical response. Well, thank you, Lynn. Thank you to our musicians uh, for this great notion about how do we embody love. This is the time when we add our own voices to the morning, sharing our reflections on the platform or what resonates in our own lives. You may consider the framing question, what does love for our community look like indeed? I invite you to share your comments in the Zoom chat and I will read some as they come through um, just to get a flavor of the many opinions from our community on today's topic. I see Peter Bishop says, thanking Lynn for doing such a wonderful job of expressing many insights from 21st century philosophy. And indeed there was a lot to really reflect on. Um, I was struck by how things that we think of as very modern have actually been expressed for quite a long time now. And it's nice to discover new aspects of those. 
um, pieces. I just want to double check. It's not clear to me whether the, it says the chat has been re-enabled, but I am not seeing any comments coming through. So, ah, good. Okay, just double checking here. So you're, everybody's thinking and reflecting. So that's great. <laughs> and so indeed, what does love for our community look like indeed? Or what other thoughts about love are you having these days? Ms. Patty says, love in our community looks like taking a casserole to a member who is confined to home or giving to the Food Justice Initiative. Loretta, I glean from this platform a sense that love is also what many pe people think of as spiritual, the quality of life, as Lynn so eloquently described, that is not the part that is solely rational. Ah, Perry says love and action in our community is pledging, which is true. We bring all kinds of ways of demonstrating our love. Jade says, as a law student, I can't help but think of the role love has or should have in how our legal system is structured and affects people. Briskin Limehouses say, listening is the harder and most important part of beginning to love and continuing to love. Laura Tyler, I think love for the community is shown in showing up and saying, what can I do? Perry also says, volunteering is another way of demonstrating our love. John Lowy, helping neighbors in small and big ways from shoveling snow to fighting social injustice. Indeed, indeed, there are no lack of opportunities or ways. Walter and Susan say labor organizing to free people in difficult situations. That's great, sort of wonderful reflections on how we can make love embodied and manifest in our community, however broadly or narrowly you might be defining community as well. The human community, the global community, our immediate congregational community, all give us opportunities to do so. So we sometimes talk about Wes as the living lab, a place where we can try out how to embody our ideals. Joanna London says, encouraging people to register to vote, an elder prov providing, pro providing support for those around us as we are able. Elaine says, every day we re each receive moments of opportunity to connect with love to another, opening a door, making a call to a live alone, or thanking a produce clerk at the grocery store. Love is in the 1,440 minutes we have every day. Just be aware of the souls around us and just do it. Nikki, love is the sun shining onto earth. Indeed, we are, we all bask in that love, that cosmic love. And need it to thrive, to survive. So we are all indeed interconnected in that way. Well, just as we share our perspectives in this community, so too do we share our resources and gifts. Here at West, we split the Sunday collection between our operating budget, another 
waived manifest love and a fund dedicated to justice and compassion. We appreciate each person's generous giving as they are able. This month, half of the offering is dedicated to MANA Food Center. MANA strives to eliminate hunger by increasing access to nutritious food for all those experiencing hunger and food insecurity, by strengthening community food skills that empower healthy eating, and by connecting neighbors in need to resource providers and to each other. On the screen, you can see the number to give by text for today's collection, which is 202-335-1885. And you can also make a gift online through the donate button on our website at ethicalsociety.org or visit tiny.cc slash westgives. We'll now receive your gifts and the musician's gifts of music. Thank you so much to the many people who helped to create this morning's time together. Interim music coordinator, Leah Morris, and guest musicians, Amadou Kayate and Crystallize Bacon. Crystallize Bacon. Thank you also to Maceo Thomas, our membership coordinator, to Robin Kravitz for communication support, hosting our coffee hour, and also working with um, to create the slides with our new slide artists in training, John and Abby Dakin. And anyone who would like to join the slide team, creation team, please contact Robin. Thanks also to tech host, John Liga. And thank you to those who are leading and supporting our work in the week to come. At the conclusion of platform, please join us for a virtual coffee hour. Once we're in the Zoom coffee hour space, we'll divide into random breakout groups, which you're welcome to drift in and out of as you greet different people, just as you would if you were in person. To get to coffee hour after closing words, you can point your browser to tiny.cc slash west coffee hour, and we'll post it again at the end. 
Please note that the West office will be closed tomorrow, February 15th in honor of the President's Day holiday. The staff will return email, voicemail, and text messages on Tuesday or whichever the next day that they are scheduled to work. The Unitarian Universalist Association, UUA, is hosting a conference for congregations engaged in anti-racism, anti-oppression, and multiculturalism. This will be a time to trade ideas with other communities and recommit to the work of justice and inclusion, and I would say love. Workshops include one on songwriting with Leah Morris, whom we all adore. The New Day Rising Conference, as it's called, will be online on the afternoon of Saturday, February 27th. Thanks to our group discount, registration is just $20, and there is funding if that is out of reach for you. Please contact Trang Wong to learn more or to join our cohort, and we will put that link into the chat as well. Let me just do that right now. That's the link in the chat for um, signing up for the workshop. Wes's Scout Troop, BSA Troop 1123, is holding a food drive this month to help people in our area who are hungry during the pandemic. There will be an opportunity to donate items from your own pantry. That will be on Saturday, February 27th from 10 to 12 and from 1 to 3 in the back patio area behind the West Building. Financial contributions are also very welcome and highly effective, and you can find the link in news and notes or visit the link here in the chat to make a contribution. Thank you for assisting our neighbors in need. We have many opportunities for West members and friends to connect virtually during the week, including support meetings and discussion groups of all varieties. You can find the details for that and all other events on our website calendar at ethicalsociety.org. And finally, thank you for being with us. Before we bring Pay Attention to Love Day to a close, we're gonna have a short video presentation assembled by Robin Kravitz that includes the posts we've received so far in the hashtag Share Love at West social media campaign. Though it's not too late, though it is now too late to be in the video, which we'll see in just a moment, it's never too late to share your love. And we'll be celebrating all week with words of gratitude and friendship for people at West and what we love about West. So post your friendship, love, and appreciation to Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram with the hashtag ShareLoveAtWes, also in the chat, through Friday, February 19th. And now, here's our Pay Attention to Love video. The absolute 100% best part about Wes is this community of wonderful people. Everyone is so supportive of one another. They're there when you're up, they're there when you're down, they're there when you need to laugh together, they're there when you need a shoulder to cry on, they're there to help work with you in making this a better community and a better world. Wes is people, people are Wes. It's the best part of the whole Washington Ethical Society.
you ever find yourself stuck in the middle of the sea, I'll sail the world to find you. If you ever find yourself lost in the dark and you can't see, I'll be the light to guide you. Find out what we're made of when we are called to help our friends in need. You can count on me like one, two, three. I'll be there, and I know when I need it, I can count on you like four, three, two, and you'll be there. Cause that's what friends are supposed to do. Oh yeah. Ooh, 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 yeah, yeah. If you're tossing and you're turning and you just can't fall asleep, I'll sing a song beside you. And if you ever forget how much you really mean to me. Wow. Well, that's just a little taste of all the love that we can experience and express at our in our West community. And thanks so much to Robin for putting that together. It was so beautiful. And it's, we, you know, we're quirky and we're skillful and we're compassionate and we are justice seeking and we care about each other and for each other and for our larger world. So thank you for sharing and keep sharing all week long. Use the hashtag share love at Wes to share your love for our community and what you love about our community. And now let's enjoy together our closing song of the month performed by interim music coordinator, Leah Morris. Together we stand with our voices lifted. Together we sing as one choir. Together we stand with our hearts united, our flames ignited, our lives bright to inspire. Together we stand with our voices lifted. Together we sing as one choir. Together we stand with our hearts united, our flames ignited, our lives bright to inspire. Together we stand with our voices lifted. Together we sing as one choir. Together we stand with our hearts united, our flame ignited, our lives bright to inspire. And now I invite you to join me in our closing words for the month. Let us go into the week ahead with compassion, understanding, and commitment, creating beloved community among us and beyond us for our hearts and for our quest for a better world. 
Have a fabulous, pay attention to love day. Have a fabulous week. Keep sharing the love and invite you to join us now in our virtual coffee hour. You can see the links here on the screen, tiny.cc slash West coffee hour. And we'll put that into the chat. And also, if you are new to our community, please email our membership coordinator, Maceo Thomas, and introduce yourself. That's maceot at ethicalsociety.org or tiny.cc slash westconnects. It'd be great. We're so delighted that everyone was here with us this morning. Wish you the best as you go about your day, hopping over to the West Coffee Hour, which is already open and waiting to receive you. I think coffee's shared coffee is another way we show our love of this community <laughs> and chatting, of course, as well. So please head over there. I'm looking forward to see folks there very shortly. This will close in just a moment. So please make sure you head over. I will put the links in the chat so that you can easily get there. And let's see the link for the coffee hour is here. Oops, no, my mouse doesn't want to work. There we go. All right. So there's the West Coffee Hour. And if you would like to reach out to Maceo because you're a newcomer or interested in membership and want to learn more, there are the connections there. So folks, I encourage you to have a, you know, move on over. Have a great week. We'll say goodbye to folks as they Depart, Anne and Bill and Brisk and Limehouses, Christine, Donna, have a great week. Elaine, be well. Faye, Jade, Mibi, Michael, Nikki, Patty, and 